Sebo going on his own. He gets the try. The Red 78. We're both monster people. Whoever gets over the line, try for monster. Nobody knows monster rugby better. Hello and welcome along. I'm Alan Quinlan and you're listening to episode 67 of the Red 78. And with me, as always, is Neve Briggs. Uh, how are you, Neve? Another tough week, unfortunately. Uh, you're smiling anyway, staying positive. Uh, always, yeah. It's uh, It was a very tough week, I won't lie. Um, difficult to, to kind of comprehend in relation to so much of last weekend. You know, when you have 60% territory in possession and come away with very little. Um, frustrating. Uh, but we've had a good week training and very honest review. Um, and yeah, we just got to keep going. Is that more difficult when the perception, so you lost 24-7, when the perception is that this is this is a real chance for you to kind of get a victory and it's more evenly balanced, if you like, even though Italy are still a very good side. Is that kind of more frustrating? You know, when you... Obviously, when you play the France the previous time, it's you know everyone kind of thinks, well, it's going to be really difficult. But this time, um, you are away from home, and Italy's backs are really good. But is that more frustrating? Yeah, no, I think the most frustrating thing is that we had so much possession. I mean, thirteen entries into the opposition twenty-two, and we didn't come away with any try from play. I think that's probably the most frustrating thing in terms of how clinical we were. Um, and our understanding of how to get the ball to space. I think that's been a big learning curve for us over the last few weeks in terms of the pace um, of the opposition teams, that when they can transition or when they need to move the ball to pace, they can do it, and they can do it very quickly. I'm not talking about movement, I'm talking about moving the ball quickly, I'm talking about punching passes, I'm talking about players that are coming onto the ball, understanding how to um, come onto a, um, a pace without running into the gain line, and all small little things that only kind of you only get better by playing more competitive games. So while this group are incredibly young and um there's there's a huge amount of talent, their learning or training age um of test rugby is really, really small. We're probably less than one year into a project that could take three, four or five years to to implement. So it's it's about being patient but also about having expectations and standards that we set. So we had very honest review on Monday morning with both the the players and leadership group and the backs and forward splits and stuff and they're very aware of where they are but the frustrating thing is that when you put something up on a screen and they can see it and they're able to tell you well, what the actual answer is they're just finding it difficult to implement it at, at pace and, and the speed of thought so but they're learning they're learning all the time um, and uh, we've just got to keep going forward we just can't keep looking back and it's a short period of time, isn't it, to kind of recover and kind of get these things right. And again, you're saying the girls are very young. Um, it doesn't get any easier. In fact, it's probably the hardest game you're going to face in England this week. But um, you've got to keep going, as you said. And uh, there's just one tweet that um, a person sent to me there. Didn't reply to our usual tweets, but just sent one to me. And it's from Juve Power. Um and their tweet was, I just wanted to say in support of Neve and the girls, I really think the public and the broadcasters need to temper their judgment of this team and remember how long it took the men to get to where they are. You don't just turn pro and auto- automatically become a top team. I thought it was a very sensible tweet. I thought it was a, a compassionate tweet. And yeah. Uh, yeah, it's nice. You know, look, there's a lot of um, 
there's a lot of people think they have the answers online and they're critical continuously uh, trying to not some criticizing the team, a lot criticizing the IRFU. And I just think I've said this, the IRFU got stuff wrong, but I think there's changes that have been implemented. Um, I don't want to drag you into that, but I just think there's... Oh, no, but I'm pretty much happy. Like, as in, obviously, on the Thursday, Friday before the game, and an article comes out um, in the Telegraph, and um, and players are reading it, and it's 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 disappointing. Um, and it's it's draining, Quinny. I can't begin to describe, so I jumped off uh, all social media, came back on to give the tweets for this week, but that's about it. And because you can't, that outside noise... I, I understand everybody's entitled to their opinion and I, everybody's opinion should be valued. But the issue is, is that we're dredging up things that were, were right to be called out four or five years ago, six years ago, seven years ago. But in the last 12 months, since this recommendations from the review have come out, there's been a huge amount of work on by the RFU. And I just think if people could just separate the process from the emotion, take a step back and look, they'll see a huge amount of work going on. Like, I don't know if you guys see any stuff on... YouTube are the highlights in Irish rugby, but we had an under 18s girl playing girls playing um six nations festival last week and some of the rugby was unbelievable. And um so yeah, that outside noise is 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 tough. I'm not gonna tell you words I'm not, I'm not I'm not sure that, that some of those articles and some of the people commenting on that are actually trying to help. I feel that they're trying to bring a toxicity and continuously try and um go at the angle of the RFU. And of course, the RFU have got stuff wrong before. But I, I and I said this before. Um, there's going to be mistakes along the way here. I think they held their hands up after the, the, um, the, the, the review and 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 changes have been implemented. Focusing on not having protein in Japan last year. Well, <laughs> like, is that the RFU? There was protein in Japan. Oh, there was protein in Japan. That's you just know, uh, so, misconstrued. Like, and, and, and I think some people yeah. are, are getting involved in this stuff to try and make a name for themselves. And 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 that's my opinion. They mightn't agree with that either. Um, but you have a young team that you're trying to work with and do the best they can. And that's all you can do. And it's going to take time. So keep going, keep trucking on. And I think there thanks. is plenty of support and for the women th- there. Thanks, and, um, thanks to that tweeter. Yeah, no, it was very nice from Drew Farr. Okay, let's move on to the Munster game. The very best of luck this week. It's going to be difficult, but um, you've all you can do is control what you can do. That's it. You can't control the opposition. They're a wonderful side, England, and they've scored a lot of points and, and had three really big wins, if you like. Um, let's move on to the Munster game. Okay, nobody saw this coming, did they? <laughs> 20, you most 20... certainly didn't anyway. <laughs> well, with with respect, we um, with no. respect, and I, you know, to be honest, I, I I really thought Monster were going to be better. I thought they were going to sort out some of the problems that they had against the Sharks, i.e., the breakdown, line line breaks, tries they've conceded in the last three, the previous three games. I certainly thought they were going to be better, but you're coming up against the champions in their backyard and the Stormers, uh, who play a brilliant brand of rugby. And who've been superb this year. So um they have they've only lost four games. That was their fourth loss, the Stormers. Uh they had two draws, but they play brilliant brand of rugby. There's so much power and loads of spring box again in the team. So Munster twenty six just, just before you sorry, go on, Munster twenty six, what? Munster twenty six, Stormers twenty four. That's it. That's the score. Bonus point win on Saturday evening. I was there. It was incredible. There was ninety five uh Munster support from Rugby Travel Ireland that were there and they sang That's their That's what I was going to ask out. you. 
Right, you're over there because I was listening to your commentary and um, it, at times it looked like like the, the pace or the intensity of the game was so high. It looked almost test level in terms of, it came across that way in television at times that it looked like it was fairly relentless and Munster were able to um, to match that. Something that we probably questioned or wondered whether we'd be able to get to that level um, before was it like that in life? Like, was it that like an intense? Uh, yeah, it, pace it was. Life? It was. Um, there was a, a serious intensity to the game, and um, I know there wasn't a great flow at times. It was stop start, but that was down to the competitiveness of both sides. I think the Stormers would be disappointed. John Dobson, their coach, afterwards said, "Obviously, if you're a losing coach and you're the fancy team and you're at home, you would be disappointed losing the game." That was the first time they lost in 21 or 22 games at home. Um, and again, it's coming up against Munster, who, you know, their last travels to South Africa were really disappointing. The intensity was brilliant. The players were top notch. You know what I mean? We, we've um, we've probably had a period of time where we've been unbelievably positive and rightly so from South Africa right up to probably that Glasgow game a few weeks ago. And then they've had a dip, um, looked a bit fatigued, looked tired, uh, looked uh, overpowered a little bit by some of the opposition. Um, but they responded and they deserve massive credit for that. Your backs are to the wall um, and they produced, they started the game brilliantly, which was the key, I think. Um, and all the players who, who were involved in the 23 contributed. Uh, there was some mistakes, some errors. And then, you know, it was just brilliant to be there and see that and to give themselves a position that it's not guaranteed, but it's almost guaranteed that they're in Europe. They're in the playoffs but to, 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 you know, be in the position now, people were saying, well, if we got a couple of points, two losing bonus points out of the two games, maybe that, that might be uh, the best to ex- uh, best you could expect. But to get five points against the Stormers on Saturday night was phenomenal. Okay, I put a tweet out. Uh, we have loads of positive um, tweets. Did your mother enjoy it, Quinny? She did, yeah. She loved it, yeah. She had a great time. Did she, bring the, the rest of- did she bring the holy water? Holy water went into the dressing room, yeah, and uh, they, they maybe it worked. Hopefully, it worked this time anyway. But um, we're here with uh, Rugby Travel Ireland, and uh, there's 95 Monster supporters here, oh, and they're, they're loving it. And they they got treated to a brilliant match on Saturday night. Everyone was in incredible spirits. And you know what was lovely, Neve? The players came straight over to that group of Monster fans after oh, the game, you. and it was really special. So, but look, they deserve the credit. They got the results, uh, much needed results. And um, as I said, they put them in themselves in a position that um, it'll either be, it could be, obviously if results go, they can go, go a little bit higher. I just have the table here. They can go to, yeah, they could possibly go to uh, fourth if, if Glasgow lose. And obviously Munster, lots of permutations. But anyway, look, they're in, they're in the playoffs and um, not 100% guaranteed of Europe because... Uh, Benetton or Scarlets could win the Challenge Cup so that might mean you've got to be in the top six in the league to be in Europe because okay. um, Cardiff will Cardiff will probably win the pool they'll win the the, the Welsh pool and that'll put the, they've got to get a place in Europe they'll take the eighth place in Europe anyway we have some tweets so you can read out some yeah 100% uh, Gavin Murphy Gavin Murphy tough on Joey but the Healy selection justified Course for courses, we'd love to see Earl starting again. But realistically, do either Daly or Nash deserve to be dropped? 
Tom Lundergan said, a brilliant result for Munster. Got all the detail right and game plan perfectly executed. Players were rested and recovered. The prep was perfect. Game and intensity of a test match at times. Great to see the Munster dogs snarling from the get-go. Job done already with the playoff and high no qualification as secured, which is just brilliant and no pressure now at all against the Sharks. Again, like I said last week, if we we're good enough to get a try bonus point against Sharks, we we're good enough to win against them, which is a good thing to have. Michael Desmond, <coughs> excuse me, our defence in the first 10 minutes of the second half won us the game. It was immense. And and Joe, breakdown so much better. Also having Orgy in the side allows us to have an obvious go-to in the lineout. This provides us with a good attacking platform and mall options. Uh, Norman King, I criticised the front row for the last few, but fair is fair. They really stood up to this one. Baron Lockman, great game. O'Mahony, something else. Healy, very steady. Uh, Alan O'Flynn, initial thoughts. Attack looks great. Last few games, though, we were caught with intercepts. Maybe par for the course when you played its brand of attacking rugby. A huge win on the road, well done. Senior players leading by example, another plus to have them in. Good point. Uh, Neil Quinn, what a win. Pack were immense. Great for Barron to have Orgy to aim for. Makes our line out far more potent. Earl's off the bench is a great asset too. Hopefully we can bring the form on Saturday. And Dave Parks, absolutely brilliant display on Saturday. Delighted to see Orgy going so well. The whole four pack were brilliant and never took a step backward step. Peter Manny had the perfect response to the stupid hand and face situation by being unplayable. Thought Murray's defence was brilliant too. Um, lots of people talking about Orgy, uh, Quinny. And look, I know we, we'll, we'll talk about it later on, but he's out for it again because of a, a concussion as opposed to a knee injury, which is hopefully um, he's on his, you know, he's on the return to play protocols already. So hopefully he'll be okay the week after. But you can start to see some of that match sharpness coming back, can't you? You can start to see his ability is um, getting around now in terms of his physical physicality um, and his ability then to be able to offload. I saw a pit, I saw a still of him catching um, a ball in the line at one hand. It looked like the ball it was a miniature ball. This man is so big. Yeah, he was brilliant. Um, I think he looked very, he looked a little bit dazed going off, but, but he looked frustrated and upset that you know, that was probably meaning he wasn't going to be involved this week. Um, his match sharpness has improved. It takes it takes a bit of time for to be out of the game for that long. I think it take it would take any players. I experienced a lot of long-term injuries and it takes, when you recover from the injury, it then takes a period of time to really get the match fitness and sharpness up. So he's had a couple of games and um, right from the first kickoff, he was right up there for that kickoff, as was was Calvin Nash, and they were putting pressure, and they, you know, they got a penalty. They were able to go to the corner, score. Um, he had really big moments in the game, so brilliant, brilliant, um, brilliant. And you think back. John Klein, John Klein, and Snyman there playing well, making so many tackles. Like John Klein made a tackle on uh, Libok in the second half when Libok is nearly gone. It was one of those intercepts. Jack Crowley passed it back inside. He mm. goes there. That's the game. They're going ahead mm. and. Uh, John Klein just held up onto the back of his shorts or his bicycle shorts or whatever you call them and uh, stopped him from getting away. So, um, yeah, Snyman was brilliant. Um, really Big brilliant moments. to have back. And he is, a, he is a loss this weekend. Yeah, a lot of love for, for the front row, which is great because they've not had a, a huge amount of positivity from, from lots of people over the season. But Brian Curtis echoed it as well. He thought that Jeremy Lockman and Barron deserved a special mention. 
Is it Malherbe? Is that the Herbert's? Malherbe, that, yeah, yeah, Malherbe. Malherbe um, angles Arguably in the scrum. Arguably the best tight head in the world. Well, Brian thinks his angles in the scrum are completely illegal. Boring straight in and the hooker the worst he's seen. Uh, I don't really know much about the scrum, so I'm not going to make any comment there. Um, um, Mivu, outstanding display and result, but a huge slice of luck with Libok only getting one kick from six. Anything else this season is a bonus. Focus should be even now on next season and what needs to be done to make us real contenders again. Thoughts? Yeah, for sure. Lib- Libok missing uh, kicks didn't didn't help the Stormers, but um, for Munster to score the four tries, I think just phenomenal. And you have to ride your luck a little bit, but they created that dynamic right from the word go. And uh, someone mentioned the dog and the intensity that they brought. That it was superb throughout. Um, it was really brilliant, and I think that was really important part of it. They got it. You know, we said it last week. If you want to win big games and you're you're on the back foot and you're up against a perceived better side, you've got to stay stay in the game all the time. And I think they did that. They had some mistakes. Um, We'll move on to the positives and negatives so of the performance. Or have you more tweets? Yeah, no, I just, lastly from Eugene Dugan, which is, I thought was a good one. It was a great win, pushed by the second and back row and the peerless Peter. Peerless Peter. I liked it. Hard season, missing Conway, Snyman, uh, Earls, etc. And there are still longer term issues in the front row. But a full threat monster is a fearsome prospect. And while there's breath, you know, Manny, dot, dot, dot. He was excellent. Okay, brilliant. Um, and thanks for all the tweeters there again getting involved and, and giving their opinion. It's great that we can uh, get so much interaction. Positives, negatives. Okay, so some of the tweeters there, talk, a lot of them talking about the scrum. So for me, positive, the scrum. It was it was, it was, was so much better. Um, I think it's phenomenal for, for, for both props in the night for what they did. Um, Jeremy Lockman coming back from being out for a long time to come up against Malherba who is arguably one of the best if not the best tight end himself and Ty Furlong are right up there Malherba is a World Cup winner he's highly thought of by the Springboks uh, um, great scrummager whether he was illegal or not legal or legal um, he's still a brilliant scrummager he's proven that Jeremy Lockman was brilliant um, Stephen Archer to go the 80 minutes in that kind of intensity Incredible. Phenomenal, and uh, you know he's. Uh, there's one thing about the criticism of the front row in the last while. There's nobody at any stage is saying that they're not trying or they're not working hard enough or not putting the effort in. Um, but I think collectively, the three of them and, and the rest of the pack helped them obviously the other night, and they've obviously worked on better techniques, getting a bit lower, whatever the case may be. Um, Dermot Barron was brilliant as well um, two yeah. tries the tackles he made around the field um, assisted tackles carries he made so they worked their socks off and they've got a you know they had to put in massive effort in I'm sure they wrecked after it but they were absolutely brilliant and they deserve massive credit so the scrum was brilliant the other area where they struggled the last time against the Sharks was a breakdown it was a big issue throughout the whole game um, that was so much better the other night why was the breakdown better, do you think, from from looking back at the game? I, I think it had a lot to do with the ball carry. I think it's a lot to do with that separation um, or lack of from their support players. But for me, it's the ball carry. It's that little bit of footwork before contact it just buys you that little bit of a... It's not even a half a second, it's less, but it just it buys you that little bit of time for the clear-out to be able to come in. Um, 
when that works and the barrels that are coming behind them are connected, it just creates a huge amount of quick ball. Um, and I think that that was obviously a huge focus that in their defensive connections um, for this week because I thought that they did both very well. And obviously the, the enthusiasm, energy and work rate to get, keep those connections. And then you've got to be aggressive when you're coming up against big men. Um uh, there was a couple of turnovers in the game, but very minimal. I thought Munster were outstanding and they really struggled with that counter rock against the Sharks, which we'll talk about at the end, looking ahead to that game. Um, can Munster replicate that? So scrum breakdown. We can go through individuals then, which we will in a minute around the positives. So there was so many more individuals, but right across the board at 23, they they just, they fronted up and then tactically, they, they made some really good decisions. Um, the crucial part for me, and this was the biggest kind of 10 minutes of the game, was after half time. Yeah. So you had um, the tackle in the corner from, uh, was it Calvin Nash or Shane Daly? Calvin Nash. Nash. Calvin Nash. Sorry, Nash's tackle on uh, Hartzenberg. Phenomenal. Um, he goes up the field, then Shane Daly a few minutes later. Similar kind of line break situation, space, and he scores. Big moment. Um, so Calvin Nash's tackle was phenomenal, uh, phenomenal tackle. Um, the two malls. So Peter Romani steals one. They get a, tr- a penalty early, right after half time. I think we always talk about, and you notice from being a coach, I do from a, being a player, that half time thing is we want to get out at half time. We want to start well, yeah. get the first score, the second half. Um, I'm sure that that's what the Stormers were saying. Munster were trying to say the same, probably get up the field. But the Stormers got that opportunity to kick to the corner. Peter O'Mahony steals the line-out. Um, massive, massive moment. They get them all on the other side of the field a couple of minutes later. And even the referee, Craig Evans, who I thought were a really good game, um, he's saying, how did Munster steal that? It was Gavin Coombs, how he got the ball in the ball and yeah. from one over. I had it to go back. Phenomenal. I watched this on my laptop because uh, uh, obviously we were playing around the same time. So I watched it back on Sunday, and I was actually going back on the laptop to try and figure out how he actually came out with the ball. Incredible! I don't think I don't think strength. anyone could see it. I tr- I tried to look at it myself, yeah. and um, it was brilliant Double because they strength. got that. Yeah, they got that momentum going forward. So you think that's three tries in that ten minute period that they could have scored, mm. uh, and that's the game gone from Munster. It's going to be so hard for him to get back up the field and kind of pick themselves up after that. You've got to have moments like that in the game to win, particularly away from home against a very strong side. So I thought that effort was phenomenal. And then they started to believe that um, they could actually go and and do something here. Then they won a brilliant line out and uh, they had a penalty coming from them all and Shane Daly scores a brilliant try. What a pass from Ben Healy. Um that gave them the belief that Jesus, they're good. They're they can win this. You started to feel it, even the Stormers. You could feel it in the stadium. And then Gavin Coombe scores the try in seventy-three minutes, and uh, that was it. That's the game. They score a try late on, and uh, you know it's only consolation and injury time. But unbelievably, uh, unbelievable effort from the players. If there's any negatives, right? I'm picking the three. Can I just, can I just tell you? Can I just tell you one positive for me, which we wouldn't have. Probably they struggled in terms of that wide D, so their ability to get up and, and nobody that line integrity. So both centers connecting with a winger slash fullback at least that it allows um, you to have a bit of confidence to be able to go forward. Like Damian Williamson, 
is probably one of the best broken field runners in world rugby at the moment. He is so good at both feet. He has the ability to step with anybody inside the phone box. He's incredibly powerful, really, really quick. He just didn't get a sniff all day. Even if he got like a half a soft shoulder, it was the ability of the next person to jam in and the next person after that. Therefore, like he just he couldn't get any space. And um, I just thought, yeah, that outside D, we'd spoken before about Fekito and Frisch at times just jumping out of the line and making big, trying to make big hits and missing either man and ball. And all of a sudden we're under pressure. And that was a big thing in the Sharks game as well, by the way. So that in, exterior D for me was really, really positive. It was really good, our ability to connect there. So that was super. Yeah, of, co- of course, that's a big positive. Yeah, absolutely. And you make a very valid point there about getting the timing right of those, particularly the wingers and outsides, that outside wider channel defence. They seem to get man and ball. And I did commentary with John de Villiers, and he actually said that to me, that Munster just got the timing of their tackling and the wider channels really spot on so that's a very valid point of course defensively they fronted up with the one the front up tackles as well some missed tackles was 25 in the stats it's a little bit too high but I'll tell you Dennis Leamy and um, the Munster team themselves will be so pleased with the way they the application the connection in defence throughout the whole game so very few negatives when you can go and get a bonus point win there I'm sure they look at the video and they'll see that maybe um you know, some of the, someone mentioned in the tweets there about being a little bit risky. Some of the passes, possibly close to to, you know, one or two intercepts. Um, but the reaction, yeah, I think that's just phenomenal. that's just a lot to do with, with how Jack Crowley plays at ten. So he plays very flat to the line. He's not, you know, dissimilar to maybe Joey, and I think kind of Ben is probably in in the between them. But as he comes around the corner, Jack Crowley actually plays quite flat to the line. Um, and when he plays flat to the line, it almost gives license to those outside him to be flat at times. What you really want, though, is you, if your 10 is going to play flat, it's completely fine because it'll literally sit defenders down. What's outside him can't be as flat as him. And at times, I think we're kind of struggling a small bit with that. And maybe that's where we're kind of running out of ideas a little bit. If you can get a little bit of depth, knowing that he's going to be flat, then they're pulling back passes and it gives you time and space. And, and that that kind of... The, the the repercussion of a, an intercept then isn't as much. But it's still so many, so many good stuff. Okay, brilliant. Well, look, we could, uh, we don't have enough time to expand the game completely, but um, massive improvement from, from uh, the second half against Sharks. A lot of good stuff in that yeah. first half in Durban. We can't forget that. They won't forget that this week. We'll have a chat about that in a minute. Um, star of the week, good few candidates, um, brilliant performances, right? Before we pick the star of the week, um, I just want to say about Stephen Archer, Baron Lockman again, give them a mention. They could easily have, any of the three of them could have got it. John Klein, phenomenal again. Um, he's worked great. Snyman, the back row. Um, Gavin Coombs had such a big second half. He'd so many big turnovers, moments, carries. Alex Kendellan, the tackles he was making. Um, Connor Murray, you know, control, brilliant tackling. Um, the centres, Frisch, Fekitoa, Mike Haley, Calvin Nash, all the whole team. And when you you know, you 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 usually end up in a situation like this, don't you need when you get a big win like that? That's yeah, you need players, being, you know, seven, eight, nine out of ten, they all have to be. You're not gonna get yeah. everyone hitting the heights, but um, can I can I just Jack say Crowley, something we kind of 
Jack Crowley was disappointed coming off, uh, frustrated a little bit. Um, he was um, frustrated with himself, I'd say. But I think Ben Healy came on, made an time. impact. Yeah, that's just more game uh, time. I think when you're not playing week in, week out, like Jack Crowley at ten, his favorite position. When you get a chance in there, you just want to be unbelievably brilliant. So you're almost kind of forcing things a small bit. But the more you get confidence to play in there, and the more minutes you get there, he'll get better and better over time. You know what's yeah. funny? So, I and, and I'm kind of falling victim to this too in relation to the front row stuff. But Jeremy Lachman a couple of years ago was up in an Irish squad that were having, you know, unbelievable results and, and doing really well. And then obviously picked up a string of injuries and, and you miss out a lot of games and you miss out in form and stuff like that. But I know he hasn't played a huge amount this season because of injury. But it was, how good is it to see him back and his ability? Like he... He's just a different proposition to, to Killer because Killer's obviously hugely, hugely physical uh, specimen that wants to just run over people all the time. And but Jeremy Lockman's kind of our type furlong esque. He's got unbelievably brilliant hands. He's got really good footwork in and around contact zone. He has those ability to be able to those pick those passes. Now you'll be able to talk about his scrummaging and his ability in and around that kind of stuff. But like a fit Jeremy Lockman can be a huge addition to this squad and I know they'll talk about Orgy and they'll talk about Earlsy and everything but Jeremy Lockman's is just as important for me in that in that kind of yes. um, in that conversation It was brilliant and it was a, a remarkable performance given he's been out for, for, for a fair bit of time with injury no surprise the, he was involved with Ireland um, last summer um, he's right on their radar and they can see the player the potential that's there um, so um, Dave Kilcoyne could be back in this week will they be able to go again will they have to rotate this and really the key in the front row is having depth that you can rotate guys off the bench yeah. you see most props only play 50 minutes now in a game because it's so attritional so um, yeah they, there's more depth and growth in all of them um, even the ones that are injured um, but one man we didn't mention there when I was miss, list, missing out, listing out the players was Peter O'Mahony I think he set the tone Um he was just unbelievable the whole game. The carries, the tackle pressure at the breakdown, his line-out wins, his confrontational, uh, just his attitude the whole game. And, um, you know, Joseph Dweber, the the, the Stormers hooker, he had a bit of a scuffle with him. Uh, Marvin Ory, who, who kind of put his hand down his face, <clears throat> you don't want to see that. And then when they were standing, the cameras didn't show it, he put his hand across his face again. Uh, but that seemed to rile up Peter Mahoney and the Munster team. And he just epitomised, um, you know, the attitude of the whole team and the group. And he led from the front. So he was captain. And uh, I thought his performance was outstanding. And uh, he definitely, uh, without a shadow of a doubt, deserves to be star of the week this week. Again, Peter's the kind of fellow who <laughs> it doesn't, he won't be listening to the podcast looking for the star of the week. He, <laughs> he won't be listening to the podcast full stuff, yeah. He was class. He was play. He was play. He was player of the match, and uh, we didn't. I didn't choose it. Um, neither did John De Villiers. Somebody else did. Um, but he was player of the match, and he was outstanding. And I think he he epitomised the the tone that that the whole team set the other night. So I like it's. He's an exceptional leader. Like, let's be very realistic. He's very much the heartbeat of this team, and I think one of the the tweeters hit their nail on the head when they called him Peerless Peter. He's just uh, his ability to. Elevate those around him to to play to their max um, is so good, and you're he's the type of fella. Look, I did you play with him? You did. 
Yeah. Yeah, he's type of fella that um that you'd want to beck and go to battle with, like you'd you'd literally want to if you got caught down in dark alley, he'd be the type of fella, you know what I mean? He is his ability just to punch above his weight, ability to just be so confrontational, not take a step back, and while spinning a little bit ice cold, because if someone puts their hand on your face in a scuffle, very easy to react there, not not once but twice. And um yeah, I thought he was exceptional. Their their bench was very strong as well, and and that was kind of an area I was wor- worried about. Um, Evan Roos, the Springbok um, yeah. back row, came come on. He's he was player of the season last year. If I'm right in the URC, he's coming back and, from a long term uh, injury. Yeah, yeah, he was out for a while, and uh, that was a big boost for them to have him on. Jack O'Donoghue comes on and has some big moments in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, I was really pleased for him. Finney Witchley had to come on for for uh, for. Jean Klein for a blood injury and then oh, yeah, he came back yeah. on again for RG Snyman. So the whole bench, Scott Buckley with Josh Richley, uh Keenan Knox comes on at the very end for, for Gavin Coombs in the back row. But Ben Healy, Keith Earls, Craig Casey as well. So they all deserve a lot of credit for that. Um put themselves in a position now, as I said, in the league. Munster are currently fifth and fifty-three points. Um Connacht four points behind and six. In, in sixth and 49 points. The Bulls are in 48 points in seventh and the Sharks are in eighth and 46 is, is there, points. Is there a possibility that Connacht could jump Munster, by the way? Sorry, I well, wasn't Okay, so aware. I'm trying to explain this without having a graphic here. So Munster are fifth on 53. Connacht are sixth on 49. So Connacht are four points behind Munster. So if Connacht go to Glasgow, they're away to Glasgow in the last game and win with a bonus point, and Munster don't get anything against the Sharks, well, then Connacht can go ahead of them. The Bulls are in seventh on 48 points, and uh, they are playing Leinster. Um, So if the Bulls were to get a bonus point win and Munster were to get nothing, they could potentially go ahead of them. Now, come down to points difference then, and Munster's points difference is 113, the, the Bulls is 110. So you can imagine if the Bulls very are winning. Yeah. If the Bulls are winning with a bonus point against Leinster, which is going to be very difficult, but they're incredibly powerful. They look like they have a bit of a, a bit of anger back amongst them, the Bulls. Um, so Munster, I think, look, uh, it's likely that, it's likely, this is what I would predict, that it's going to be difficult for Connacht to go to Glasgow because Glasgow still haven't cemented and guaranteed the top four. If Munster to win with a bonus point, they could potentially catch Glasgow and slip into fourth. But my prediction here is Munster will end up probably sixth. Connacht will be seventh. Um, and the Sharks, well, the Sharks will go ahead of Connacht. So Connacht and Sharks will be seventh or eighth either way. Yeah. So... Uh, if that's the case, then Munster will be guaranteed. But if they get a losing bonus point or even win the game, if they win the game, they're you know, they probably don't need to win the game. I don't even want to almost talk inconceivable about... that you could actually yeah. go. Let's perhaps they could wish. <laughs> Do you know what? Um, I think the pressure is off them, so it's going to be interesting to see how what 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 their kind of aggression levels and intensity is like this week. Um, yeah, I don't it's know. the ability it's to back it up. That's what I would be. But it's an, it's, an intriguing, it's an intriguing situation now, Nate, because we talk a lot and you learn, no matter how much experience you have, you learn all the time. You learn about the players around you. You learn about yourself. 
how you can cope in these situations. Um, of course, they're going to try drive the standard and 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 um, back up that performance. It's going to be really, really difficult. So if you look at what happened against the Sharks a few weeks ago, what were our big issues? That power, the scrum, the breakdown, the lineup mall. Can we? Are we at a point now where we can cope with that on Saturday? You know, we spoke about is it just size or is it technique or do Munster have to be smart? Smart. I think a, a minimum standard for Munster on Saturdays is bringing that edge that they they brought last week, um, and that'll be the That's, intrigue. Can they do that? It's a hard one. Yeah, because it's been tough. They've not really they've struggled to back up those kind of um, and any team does. By the way, sorry, not just Munster. Any team. It's very difficult when you're emotionally. At that pitch, um, it's very difficult to get back there seven days later because it takes a huge amount out of you. So, um, just I look, we we literally have six seven minutes left. I just wanted to get your thoughts because lots of chat around social media in terms of our papers and people talking about Joy Carberry and um and not being involved last weekend and um I don't know I was reading the Independent this morning and my friend Agassiz's interview from over there talked. But you know it's been a tough time for him, and they're going to rally around and stuff like that, and and how much he's got a big role to play for them. It's kind of difficult to um, change a winning team, knowing that you know. To be fair, Jack Rowley and Ben they did very well last weekend. I still maintain Joey's a fullback. I know I'm harping on about this all season, but I would love yeah, to see him there with space. And they they may put him in there at some stage. He may play fullback this weekend. Who knows? Um, I think it's tough for him and it's hard and it's hard yeah. not to feel for the player. I think Ben Healy yeah. is obviously obviously going. So if something happened, Jack Crowley, then at the start of next season, if he's number one, well, Joey Carberry has to go back in there and I think he's a wonderful player. I think he, this sounds kind of crazy, but the season end can't come quick enough for him that he just needs to go and get a good preseason Um get his head right, um, have a break and rethink about, you know, trying to push himself back into the Irish setup. I think that's going to be difficult um, given the We don't the, have the to get him to push time. into the monster setup more, I think, in terms of consistency no, of I game mean, time. I mean, yeah. I mean, of course, there's, how many games have Munster left this season? We don't know. It could be, um, well, they definitely have won on Saturday they'll probably have a playoff game that's going to be away from home more than likely. So it's it's two, possibly only two games left for Munster. So it's hard to, it's hard to kind of say where to get, there's no games there. I'm saying just to get his head right, refresh, um, try and kind of knock on the Andy Farrell door. I hope Andy Farrell just doesn't, you know, he's not completely gone off the scene there. He may be in training with Ireland. Um, who knows? But, I think he just needs a bit of a refresh. He's a wonderful player and he's a brilliant, um, he's had a brilliant run for the last few years and, and unfortunately players have this situation that they've got to deal with. Ben Healy, uh, I thought, wow, he was brilliant the other night when he came on. Um, the pass for, for the try, superb, but that's the situation you want to be in and it is what it is. It was a tactical decision that he wasn't in a 23. He could be involved this weekend. Um, if we look at the Sharks team, uh, Neve. Um, Ambanambi, Khaleesi, Oxenche, Thomas Detoy, Robler, Notche, the number eight, who's an outstanding player. Uh, Grant Williams, 
what a player. He scored a load of tries in the last few weeks. He's unbelievably quick to scrum half. Phenomenal in, in, in the Champions Cup as well. Mpimpi, Lucano Am, Werner Koch. Kerwin Bosch, the old half, is, is unbelievable. Um, so they're they're pretty decent, this, this shark side, and they proved it the last day against um, against Munster. I think the Stormers are, are Bennett's on last weekend showed some frailties that if you hold on to the ball for a long period of time and if you're brave and attack and you try and avoid giving them entries into the 22, i.e. giving away penalties that they can kick to the corner, easier said than done. Um, so tactically, you've got to be good and, and play, play in the right areas of the field. Do you think Munster can back it up this weekend? I know I've listed a lot of, a lot of brilliant players there. Can they back it up this weekend and you know finish this series... Uh, this trip to South Africa with two brilliant wins. They've got one brilliant win. Uh, can they do it again on Saturday? Yeah, I think they can. I think last weekend might have been a bit of an anomaly in relation to the Sharks because they had played away in the Champions Cup the previous weekend. They got knocked out a bit like the Stormers in relation to where they were mentally. You're also, you know, maybe they're, you know, have they been, are they mentally scared by the fact that they're not in that Champions Cup? I think that could be a really big thing for them. Um, and of course, of course, Munster can. It's, it's a big question. It's not really about the Sharks. It's about whether Munster can get to that pitch again as quickly as possible. And if they can, then, um, and they'll be able to back it up, then they have a huge chance. But look, it's going to be a huge, big, a huge game for them. I'd love to see them get something out of it. I think they need to. Um, so, yeah. I think they need to get a, I think they need to, it'd be great if they get a performance. And, um, you know, attack and uh, really go for it. And there's less pressure on them. And look, they're probably going to make some changes. RG Snyman is missing this week. He's he's um, with an with, um, HIA head injury assessment. He got a bang at the end of the game. So he stood down for this game. It's a shame It's um, because we'd love to have seen him go again this week. Um, will there be some changes? We don't know. We'll get the team later in the week. But... Um, Positive, uh, positive first game. They were outstanding. Just in uh, the last bit of news we have is, and it was kind of announced yesterday, the day before, that um, Sean O'Brien has signed from Exeter to Munster from the start of next season. Former under-20, uh, Irish international, uh, Connacht player for a number of years. Um, he's been with Exeter for two years. He played 15 times, um, so a bit frustrated with the opportunity he's got to start there. But he did start in round 16 against Montpellier for them in the Champions Cup and the quarterfinals as well against the Stormers. So there's potential in this player, certainly. He's 97 or 98 kilos. He's a, a big lump. He's quick. He's strong. Um, and he's still very young. He's only 24. So um, Munster had to pick someone up, I think, after Chris Farrell and, and uh, Dan yeah. Goggin is gone. So they need more depth in the centre. So he's... Uh, I think he's a good signing and uh, great signing. Him and yeah, really impressed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nankaville as well. Obviously, is the other one that's coming in there. So um, that's yeah. a bit of news we have from there. So anyway, I've got to um, go out now and see if I can. It's a little bit cloudy here, and we're go in ahead, Georgia. Will you make sure you put some sun cream on for the rest of the week? Look. Well, we're we're, we're in Georgia at the moment, so we're meeting CJ Stander in a little while. He's coming in to meet the, the monster supporters, and uh, this Enjoy is that. his neck of the woods. And then I'm going out looking for snakes in the morning um, to see Brilliant. if I can find them. Make sure you put uh, a bit of sun cream on there. <laughs> I will do. I will do. Okay, that's it for episode 67. 67 of the Red 78 here. And thanks a million, Neve. And uh, the very best of luck this week.
uh, hopefully uh, you'll still be smiling next week no matter what happens always thanks a million Quinny the Red 78 with Alan Quinlan and Neil Briggs nobody knows Monster Rugby better I'd like to think I know a lot <laughs> <laughs>